Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Hope you had a great Passover. That's why I was not here Friday evening. Hope you had a great Easter. Well, the Mueller report. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've done on all the TV lately. I did two special Life, Liberty, and Levins on Fox. I've done a number of specials on Levin TV. I appeared on several of the Fox programs, as you know, leading up to Friday. I spoke about these matters on radio as well. If you keep track of my social media, you can see I'm posting. I'm not only posting comments about what's taking place. I am addressing parts of the media which really are repulsive and disgusting because they're destroying the First Amendment and freedom of the press. This report is a joke. Mr. Mueller was not required to report write a report like this. He was not required to write 400 pages. He was not required to talk about obstruction when he didn't charge somebody. He was not required to put all the notes and all the names in his report. He's to prepare a report, not this report. And of course, the media and the Democrats in Congress, they don't much care about that. They're fully in police state mode. They want the president's taxes, 10 years worth, They want more than his taxes. They want all his communications with his accountants. They want all the communications with anybody and his accountants over the last 10 years. What do you think of that, folks? And what is the legislative purpose? There is no legislative purpose. None. Tell us about collusion for two and a half years. They knew there wasn't any collusion. They tried to create collusion. They put a spy in the president's campaign. Top echelon of the FBI doesn't even exist anymore. They were all wiped out by their own conduct. They're under a criminal or, or IG investigation. Think about that. You had individuals in the Department of Justice that were working with the Hillary Clinton go-between Fusion GPS. And you had the Hillary Clinton and DNC funding all this and the Obama administration embracing it and promoting it. Now you have the Democrats. They've moved on from collusion to obstruction. But there is no obstruction. Nothing was obstructed. Not a damn thing was obstructed. They told us there would be a Saturday night massacre all over TV after the president fired Comey, who deserved to be fired. A long time before the president fired him, as a matter of fact. There was no Saturday night massacre. All these, these parallels, they said, to Watergate. There is no parallel to Watergate. This president hasn't committed any offense at all. 
president didn't fire anybody else. president didn't cut any funds. president didn't do anything. But he said so-and-so to McGahn. Who cares what he said to McGahn? McGahn is his White House counsel. And he's no savior. The only reason we know what McGahn told Trump is because Trump waived all privileges, attorney, client, and executive privilege, so that McGahn could talk to Mueller. If Trump hadn't waived privilege, we wouldn't know any of this. It certainly would be amazing, wouldn't it, ladies and gentlemen, that the President of the United States, who used no privilege, unlike his predecessors, withheld no documents, provided any staffer, former staffer, campaign worker, who the prosecutors wanted to talk to, provided them to the prosecutors that he would be accused of obstruction. Is that a joke? Eric Holder was held in contempt for obstructing, withholding documents. Democrats weren't all worked up about that, were they? No. Volume 1 of the report, some 200 pages long, says there was no collusion. That took one sentence. Volume 2 of the report, a couple hundred more pages, goes on and on and on. One stink bomb after another. One landmine after another put in their opinion. Notes. Back and forth. As I've said over the weekend, if Mr. Mueller wasn't a special counsel, but if he was a garden variety United States attorney, he'd be disbarred. All of this runs counter to our constitutional system. All of this runs counter to the rule of law. All of this runs counter to justice. Why? Because a prosecutor and his team can write all this stuff up without any of it being effectively challenged, without due process, without an assumption of innocence, without cross-examining witnesses, without challenging notes and evidence and all the rest of it. That is the main reason why Mueller and the rest of them didn't subpoena the President of the United States and get into a long battle, litigation, over whether or not they have the power to try and force a president to testify in person in front of a federal grand jury. First of all, they had no case. There was no criminal predicate. Now, how do we know that? Because there was no collusion. They had to come to that conclusion 18 months ago that there was no collusion. So you don't get to subpoena the president, force him to testify for the purpose of trying to criminalize or create a new crime in order to take out the president of the United States. The Supreme Court would never have gone for that. Mueller knew that. He didn't forbear. He's a coward. He withheld because he knew what would happen there. So what did he do? He and Weissman and the rest of them said, you know what, we'll smear the president of the United States because we get to write a report. We get to write a report. Unlike all 93 United States attorneys, we get to write a report. That's cool. And we know the Democrats took the House back in November. That's cool. We know they've been talking about impeachment since the day he was elected. So that's cool. And we know that the Attorney General, when he was nominated by the President of the United States, told the Senate Judiciary Committee during his confirmation hearings that he would make as much of the report as available to the American people as possible, redacting, you know, 6E material, 
Grand jury material. Well, that's cool. We'll dump all this crap into the report. And that's how we'll get the president. And what's been going on with the media for the last many days? They're focusing on volume two, not collusion, not volume one. Forget about that. Just as I predicted, just as I told you, it would all be about obstruction. Phony, but that's what it would be about. Because there's no collusion, so you have to manufacture something else. Well, McGahn, if it wasn't for McGahn, the president of the United States would have uh, obstructed justice. No, that's not true. You think the only way for the president of the United States to fire somebody at the Department of Justice is to have his White House counsel do it? He can pick up the phone and say, you're fired. He didn't need McGahn to tell him yes or no. Period. He didn't need anybody else to tell him yes or no. Period. He was angry. Who the hell wouldn't be angry? You're said to be treasonous. You're said to be a spy. You're said to be a sellout to Vladimir Putin. All lies. Day in and day out. CNN and MSNBC. The phony news pages of the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. Gee, he was angry. Can you imagine that? Threats about charging his son, Don Jr., with some phony offense. Threats against his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Threats against his daughter, Ivanka Trump. Threats against his family. Threats against him. Threats against his businesses. All lies. And he's supposed to sit there and just pretend he's Mitt Romney. And just take it. Would you just take it? Would you just sit there? While the Constitution is being eviscerated, while the rule of law is being twisted into a pretzel, you're supposed to sit there and keep your mouth shut. You're not supposed to tweet. You're not supposed to make public comments. You're not supposed to say anything in the Oval Office to your supposedly loyal staff. You know, that guy ought to be fired. You know, this ought to happen and that ought to happen. No. Now, let me tell these Democrats... In the House of Representatives, these committee chairmen, let me, let me educate them. And these are very stupid people. No president has ever been removed from office. Several have been impeached, as you know, Clinton among others. No president has ever been removed by the United States Senate. This president will not be removed by the United States Senate. That is what Nancy Pelosi knows. Now, they can try and build a case of innuendo. They can try and build a fiction. They're good at that. The Soviet Union was good at that, and the modern Democrat Party is good at that, too. They can do all that. They can try all that in the lead-up to the 2020 election. And I'm guessing 63 million of you and another 10 million of you will rise up on Election Day and make them pay the price for this. While 30 to 40% of the American people don't believe in fair play, I think the vast majority do. And it was found, what we already knew, that there was no collusion. All the rest of this is a setup. Try as they might, 
It's a setup. And when, when Mr. Mueller goes to testify in Congress, the Republicans have an obligation. They have an obligation to ask who wrote the report. What are their names? Who are they? They have an obligation. How in the world can you write a report on collusion and ignore the dossier and ignore the Hillary campaign and the DNC and ignore the senior level of the FBI? Many of these individuals, Mr. Mueller, who used to report to you. How can you go to 13 countries? How can you go into tax fraud and mail fraud and wire fraud and campaign violations you claim and all the rest? And yet miss what's right in front of your face. That's intentional. I've got a lot more to say. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. Notice that it's really intensified today. Impeachment for what? Well, there's tons in this report that shows obstruction, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. Treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors. That defines the Democrats. The chairman of these committees. Treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors. President of the United States is a victim. And I want you to look at every one of these chairmen. And I want you to look at their leader, Nancy Pelosi, San Francisco. Elijah Cummings, Baltimore. Adam Schiff, Los Angeles. Maxine Waters, Los Angeles. Jerry Nadler, Manhattan. What do these congressional districts have in common? Nothing with the rest of the country. That's the point. These are dark, dark blue districts. To quote the late, great Nancy Pelosi, a glass of water with a D on it can get elected in these districts. It is these districts, these chairmen from these districts, that are dragging this country into the abyss, that are undermining the Constitution of the United States, 
that are smearing a duly elected president who they reject, who are trying to impose a coup to reverse the course of history and to reverse the election results of two and a half years ago. It is the same chairman who reject the Electoral College. It is the same chairman who day in and day out undermine our constitutional system. It is the same chairman day in and day out who refuse to secure our borders, who are spending us into bankruptcy, who are undermining law enforcement, who are undermining our military, who seek to put activist leftists on the court. These are the same chairman who are now telling us what impeachment is. They're not ruling it out, ladies and gentlemen. No, we're not ruling it out. No. Who the hell do they think they are? Who the hell does Gerald Nadler think he is? But a liar, a serial liar. And of course, here's what they know. No matter what they say, no matter how they say it, no matter how many times they say it, lies, big and small, the media will protect them. Because when Gerald Nadler looks in the mirror, he sees Jake Tapper. When Jake Tapper looks in the mirror, he sees Elijah Cummings. When Elijah Cummings looks in the mirror, he sees Chris Cuomo. You get the point. They're one and the same. They just hold different roles. They hold different roles. The pursuit and conveyance of objective truth as news is now no longer the journalist's real purpose or goal anymore. But instead, social activism, ideological progressivism, and the Democrat Party agenda. Chuck Todd is married to a Democrat activist. Jake Tapper was a Democrat activist. You go right down the list, ladies and gentlemen. George Stephanopoulos. Chris Cuomo. The media give these lawless... Well, you fill in the blank. The media give them support. Air cover. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale 
Hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. What are you getting now is propaganda. It's not reality, it's propaganda. It's the reality of the left as voiced by the media. Isn't it interesting that so-called news reporters and news anchors and news hosts sound very much like their guests, Nadler and Schiff and Cummings and all the rest of the reprobates? Propaganda. And when you read my book, and I hope you do, I have an entire chapter, News, Propaganda, and Pseudo-Events. One of the men created as the great propagandists who sort of instilled this notion with the modern society was a man by the name of Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays. He is uh, considered the founding father of the modern PR movement. Uh, And he wrote extensively about manipulating public opinion. He called it engineering consent. And he was a propagandist. And uh, you're to use the media to drive an ideological agenda. It's a propaganda enterprise, he would explain. The extent to which propaganda shapes the progress of affairs about us may surprise even well-informed persons, he says. Just look around you. Bernays argues that modern propaganda is a consistent, enduring effort to create or shape events to influence the relations of the public to an enterprise idea or group. This practice of creating circumstances and of creating pictures in the minds of millions of persons is very common. Virtually no important undertaking is now carried on without it, he wrote. According to him, there's a new propaganda, which takes account not merely of the individual, nor even of the mass mind alone, but also and especially of the anatomy of society, with its interlocking group formations and loyalties. It sees the individual not only as a cell in the social organism, but as a cell organized into the social unit. Touch a nerve at a sensitive spot, and you get an automatic response from certain specific members of the organism. You know who found his writings compelling? Goebbels. Hitler. True, just giving you history. There's a despotic odor to all this, isn't there, ladies and gentlemen? The elevation of propaganda as a righteous, yet routine undertaking, exercised for virtuous purposes by a supposedly intellectually astute and superior minority. The masses must be shepherded and managed for their own good and the betterment of society. The new propaganda, Bernays explains, having regard to the constitution of society as a whole, not infrequently serves to focus and realize the desires of the masses. Clearly, it is the intelligent minorities which need to make use of propaganda continuously and systematically. In other words, reporters. He says, in the act of proselytizing minorities, in whom selfish interest, and he doesn't mean racial minorities, 
in whom selfish interests and public interests coincide lie the progress and development of America. Only through the active energy of the intelligent few can the public at large become aware of and act upon new ideas. That's your media today. That's your media today. It's not about seeking objective truth. It's not about news reporting. It's about propaganda. The intelligent few, the intelligent minority against the masses, the people. This is why you hear yourselves referred to as neo-Nazis, white nationalists, white supremacists, deranged, deplorable, They reveal themselves, you see. And in order to get at you, they want to take down the President of the United States. See, you, you dolts out there, me too, you Neanderthals back there, you blew it. Here we were, transforming America, eight years of the great Obama, four more years, we certainly expected that, they think. Imagine where we would be today, but for you. But for Trump. You got in the way. The American people got in the way. Donald Trump got in the way. Now we're going to move him out of the way. And we're going to teach you, the masses, we're going to teach you a lesson. You either conform, you either conform, Or we punish you. And so they take the Constitution that they so thoroughly despise and they wrap themselves in it. Or the Emoluments Clause, which has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with... Or the Impeachment Clause, which has no application here. None. And they claim to defend the Constitution. And the media claim to defend the First Amendment, freedom of the press, against this president. They never claimed to defend freedom of the press against Obama, who was busy locking them up, or Johnson, or Kennedy, or Franklin Roosevelt, or Woodrow Wilson. Freedom of the press. What press? What press? The press is a word that is used to describe newsrooms. But look at these newsrooms. They're all of one mentality. They're all of one ideology. It is the media in this country, ladies and gentlemen, that is pushing impeachment. It is the media. It is CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post. NBC, ABC, CBS, and their ilk. They are pushing impeachment, just as they had pushed collusion. Now, the senior level of the FBI pretty much wiped out because they're leakers. Well, you don't have leakers unless you have somebody to leak to. Who are they leaking to? The media. The media. The media has been aiding and abetting For at least two and a half, three years now. This is what's dangerous. 
beyond the Democrat Party. When the so-called free press in this country represents one political party and embraces an ideology that is hostile to our founding principles, we have a big problem. Which is why I call it unfreedom of the press. Not freedom of the press. Unfreedom of the press. And all we hear all day long, all weekend long, is the Democrats are divided on the next steps after the Mueller report. Should they impeach? Should they not impeach? Is this a country that is centered on five or six cities that send their reprobates to the House of Representatives? Apparently so. I have a question for you, ladies and gentlemen. If, in fact, the Democrats are concerned about how the IRS does taxes, about how they handle banks and so forth and so on, these are the phony uh, arguments, the pretext that they're using to try and get at the president's finances. Why wouldn't that apply to members of Congress? You know, the spending bills don't start in the Oval Office. You know, the tax bills don't start in the Oval Office. You know, the, the debt financing doesn't start in the Oval Office. It all starts in the House of Representatives. I continue to ask this question. Why can't we get 10 years of Paul and Nancy Pelosi's tax returns? And more than that, why aren't their accountants subpoenaed for all their notes, for all their memos, for all their information? How about their bank accounts? Don't we want access to Paul and Nancy Pelosi's bank accounts? He's an investment banker, after all, whatever the hell that means. He's a high flyer. He's having a grand old time. The Speaker of the House and her husband, shouldn't we know? She's the one that decides what winds up on the president's desk. The president doesn't do it unilaterally. Wouldn't you want to know, ladies and gentlemen? How about these committee chairmen, these commissars? These commissars that run these damn committees. Shouldn't we have 10 years of their tax returns? Shouldn't we have their bank accounts? But here's the deal. And I hope the court's listening very, very carefully. If Congress can get away with subpoenaing with the imprimatur of the judiciary, the tax returns of a president of the United States, without any evidence whatsoever related to a legislative intent. I suppose, then, that they can subpoena the tax returns of Supreme Court justices, of appellate court judges, of district court judges they don't like. Tyranny is a bitch. I just hope these justices understand and do not side with a rogue House of Representatives controlled by five cities. If you can force a citizen who is President of the United States to turn over his tax returns via the IRS, 10 years worth, no less, then there's no reason you can't force any citizen 
including Supreme Court justices, including appellate court judges, including district court judges. And while we're at it, what about their bank accounts? And while we're at it, what about the tax returns and bank accounts of their children? Because that is what's being demanded of the President of the United States by the Soviet wing of the Democrat Party. They didn't care when the IRS was going after the Tea Party. They didn't care when FDR was going after his political opponents. And JFK and Lyndon Johnson. They did care when Nixon did it. They didn't care when Obama did either. They have a long history and a pattern of abusing power. Of forcing you to file income tax returns. Only then to use them against you. They know what all of us know. The president probably files an income tax return that's five or six feet tall. They know what all the rest of us know. That the reason you hire an accounting firm is because you can't possibly journey through the tax code and all the rulings and all the administrative decisions. They know what all the rest of us know. That the president of the United States signs his tax returns on the advice of his accountants. And yet they want to dig. You and I, we're paying for this tyranny. You and I, we're paying for this opposition research. You and I are paying for our own demise. What do you think about it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community help students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Three hundred Christians slaughtered on Eastern Sunday in Sri Lanka. Three hundred Christians slaughtered. If Christians being slaughtered all over the world, by the way. Do you notice the difference in coverage by the American media? They really focused on this guy from Australia who slaughtered all those innocent, beautiful Muslims in New Zealand, minding their own business, praying. But they were trying to attach Donald Trump to that. And this went on for days. They could barely say that the people who were slaughtered in Sri Lanka were Christians. 
Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? They could barely say they were Christians. Parishioners. We've reached a point of uh, maybe no return with our media. I don't think they're going to have an easy time gaining respect from an enormous number of people in this country. It's interesting to watch these left-wing websites as we go through this this dark tyranny that is the leadership of the Democrat Party in the House and our current media. We've had good media over the history of this country, and we've had bad media, and we're in a very down period. But it's very interesting to watch these sites. This site, Mediaite, which was founded by Dan Abrams, who is a legal analyst for ABC and has these other offshoots that he runs. Day in and day out. Day in and day out, they run little clips with little sarcastic, snarky, and often misleading headlines because they've joined in the tyrannical dark side. And this is Dan Abrams. You're getting an insight into the man's mind and soul. And he is a legal analyst for ABC. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, this is perfect. Perfect. There's a big-time Washington Compost reporter by the name of Philip Bump, B-U-M-P. And he's been stalking the president's Twitter site. And if you go to the president's Twitter site, you'll see that he has posted numerous clips of my show from Saturday. Excuse me, Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And Philip Bump is very upset about this at the Washington Compost. And let me read you what he says and let me respond, just so you understand how the unfree press works. This guy is a propagandist, he's a leftist, and he wants Trump out. He writes, and this is fresh off the press, President Trump seizes on political slogans with the casual ease of a college bro trying on shirts before hitting a nightclub on the Jersey Shore. Now, this is called political analysis. So this guy goes between being a reporter and doing analysis. This is exactly one of the main points in my book. He's a fraud. He's not a journalist. But let's go on. He tries them on, sees how they work, and leaves a number of them in a pile on the floor. Now, this is this man's own sickly projection onto the president. For every make American great again, There are a half dozen build the wall and crime will fall cluttering up the White House residence. Since the release of special counsel Robert S. Mueller III's redacted report on Russian interference in the 2016 election, Trump has developed a refined version of a sales pitch he's been making for several years now. When you read this stuff, you see they expose themselves. But they're too arrogant to even know it. Actually, too stupid to actually know it. It was the Democrats, not Trump, who did some crimes. And how do you impeach Trump 
when there were no Trump crimes, as he said Monday? And how do you impeach him for crimes done by Democrats, as he phrased it over the weekend? We will set aside, who is we? Who are we? Bump, you. We will set aside the fact that anyone can essentially be impeached for anything. Uh, Sir, you have no comprehension of what the impeachment clause is about. You've read nothing. You understand nothing. You're just burping up what you think, which is the problem with the media today. We will set aside the fact that anyone can essentially be impeached for anything, that the high crimes and misdemeanors rhetoric in the Constitution, listen to this guy, means essentially whatever a majority of the House says it means. No, it doesn't. Now you're quoting Gerald Ford, and you don't even give him credit. Why don't you read on this subject, Mr. Bump, before you burp up your propaganda? But let's go on. It could include the sorts of almost crimes that Mueller's report hinted at in various places. This is my point. The media are pushing for impeachment. Appealing to the cool-minded rationality of members of the House to avoid being peach seems like a risky bet, but that was Trump's sales pitch in brief. But again, we're setting that aside. Let's instead consider the other side of that argument. What exactly are the crimes that the Democrats committed? This is a surprisingly difficult question to answer. It has the feel of something approximating a political argument. But any assessment of it is as serious an argument falls apart quickly. It hinges significantly on a robust understanding of the parallel line of argument that has run through conservative media over the past two years, in which phrases such as insurance policy are loaded, insurance policy, you might remember that stroke, are loaded with a weight that allows whole swaths of sketchy argumentation to be summarized and quickly moved past, but picking the argument apart reveals how sketchy it is. Consider this depiction of the real crimes as articulated by conservative commentator Mark Levin over the weekend. A video of Levin making this case was tweeted by the president Monday and for a time pinned to the top of Trump's Twitter page ensuring visitors would see it. Quote, there are things that have been done in the last three years to candidate Trump, President-elect Trump and President Trump that could not occur in the United, should not occur in the United States of America, Levin said. Senior levels of the FBI, these individuals should be charged. They're the ones who interfered in our election even more effectively than the Russians. What's more, Levin said, they're still at it. Now let's stop right there. Mr. Producer, are individuals at the senior level of the FBI being investigated? Yes, they are. Almost all of them have resigned under a cloud. They're being investigated. And during the course of an investigation, they have lied. They have lied. And I would suggest, Mr. Bump, if you're really looking for obstruction, maybe that's where you ought to look. But I'm not done. He goes on. They planted a spy. That's right, a spy. Well, who's Stephen Harper? Stephen Halper, who's that? Where did he come from? In the Trump administration, he continued, they lied to federal courts not once but four times, the FISA court, in order to get a counterintelligence warrants, and they got it. And who were they spying on, Page? 
was a backdoor effort to go after the Trump campaign. You had the Hillary campaign, the Obama administration trying to take out the Republican candidate for president of the United States. Because of the preposterous idea, Levin said that Trump was conspiring with the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. In some circles, this is accepted almost as a baseline of reality about how the Russia investigation came to be, writes Bump. But it makes little sense, just as Levin's claim in March 2019 that Trump had been wiretapped, indirectly sparing an infamous, hey, clown. The New York Times said that. Why are you lying? Because you can't help it. You're do- I'm doing an analysis. Well, shove your analysis, you clown. I got that from the New York Times. That was their headline, wiretap. But it makes little sense, just as Levin's claim in March 2017 that Trump had been wiretapped, indirectly spurring an infamous Trump tweet and a forceful denial from the government was similarly weak. But it was true. But it was true. So let's pick it apart, he says. Levin says that senior FBI officials should face criminal charges for having interfered in our election. There's no question that a senior FBI official did affect the election. Then FBI Director James Comey, whose last-minute statement about the inve- listen to where he's coming from about the investigation of Hillary Clinton's email server shifted the focus of the final days of the 2016 campaign. But there's also no question that the quiet investigation into possible coordination between Trump's campaign and Russia didn't attract much attention before Election Day, despite the fact that if those senior officials let's stop there. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? Whether it caught the attention or not, they sought to destroy Trump and his campaign. That's what they sought to do. Whether it got the attention of the media, the Washington Compost, or not. Let's see, where are we here? But there's also no question that the quiet investigation and a possible coordination between Trump's campaign and Russia, actually, there was no coordination. Why don't you say that? He's still saying the possible coordination. There was no coordination. Didn't attract much attention before Election Day, but it did. It attracted a lot of attention by the Obama administration because they manufactured it. Despite the fact that if those senior officials Levin disparages has wanted to, they could have released a slew of information about sketchy contacts between Trump's campaign and Russia that were already under investigation before the election occurred. They didn't. They did. They did. They planted a spy in the Trump administration, Levin claims, presumably meaning the Trump campaign, since the administration necessarily followed the election. It's also not true that there was a spy placed in the administration, as we've noted before. There were specific individuals, such as foreign policy advisors Carter Page, referred to by Levin, and George Papadopoulos, who came under FBI scrutiny because of their links to Russia, including, according to reports, with outreach by a confidential informant. Hold on now. Papadopoulos was set up. And he has said so. Why doesn't Bump listen to him? Why isn't Bump curious about that? Moreover, the articles that I read over two years ago suggested that there were attempts at FISA applications all the way going back to the summer during the course of the election. Bump doesn't mention that either. 
There's no evidence, he says, that the FBI targeted the campaign itself, which would have been one pretty direct way to spy on the campaign. What are you talking about, you idiot? What in the world are you talking about? Maybe you didn't hear from McCabe during his 60 Minutes interview. Maybe you haven't been listening to Brennan. Maybe you haven't been listening to Clapper. As for those four lies to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, that's the conservative shorthand for the warrants to surveil Page, which were predicated to some extent on a dossier of reports compiled by British ex-Intel officer Christopher Steele, that dossier and the Page warrants are central to the line of argument that Trump was targeted unfairly because the dossier was work completed with funding from a law firm that worked for Clinton's campaign and the Democratic Party. The warrant and three subsequent renewals mentioned, by the way, we know of this no thanks to Mr. Bump in the Washington Compost. We know of this no thanks to the New York Slimes or CNN or MSNBC. Do we, Mr. Bump? No thanks to any of you. In part, it's thanks to me, and in full, it's thanks to Devin Nunes and the boys. But not you at the Washington Compost. The warrant and three subsequent renewals mentioned that the dossier was probably part of an effort to find information that could be used to discredit Trump's campaign. But not specifically that it was funded by the Democrats. What? Therefore, per Levin, a lie and therefore apparently a crime aimed at keeping Trump from being elected. I'm telling you, this is the mentality. This is the mentality. Levin doesn't mention that the page warrants were first obtained after he left the campaign, or that page was already on the FBI's radar as a counterintelligence target, or that page traveled to Russia in July 2016 and held meetings there. And Bump doesn't tell you that despite four, four, one warrant, three extensions, four actions by the FISA court, Mr. Page has been charged with nothing. Bump doesn't tell you that. Why doesn't he tell you that? Levin breezes past that because it's all taken as an article of faith in his circles that the Page FISA warrants was a mark of bias by the FBI. Listen to this clown. He is a reporter for the Washington Post. A key originator of this charge is Representative Devin Nunes, whose staff last year wrote a four-page memo, eventually released by Trump, to make the case of FISA warrant bias public. Again, this was not a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. Hey, dummy, you must not understand how the surveillance works. There was a great piece, and I read it to, many, to, to those of you who listened last week. And see if we can find this, Mr. Producer, again. By a former assistant FBI director, I believe it was titled, for intelligence. Do you remember that? Rich, do you remember that? See if you can find it. In this memo, he said... People do not understand that when you get one of these warrants, how extensive this is. How extensive this is. It's more than a wiretap. And it's more than a spy. When you get a FISA warrant, everything goes. Everything. Trump's recent interest in declaring the Democrats as the real criminals appears to match up with Nunes' latest effort to muddy the water. As ranking Republican on the House Intel Committee, Nunes has pledged to send eight criminal referrals to the Justice Department with the hope that eight people will face criminal charges for their actions. He's not saying those people are, mind you, but he did offer hints. And it goes on. So this guy, in an analysis, and it goes on. 
one stupid sentence after another. You wonder why the Washington Post has no interest in what took place at the Department of Justice, has no interest in what took place at the FBI or on the FISA courts, has no interest, in this case, bump, in seeing the applications for the warrants, none whatsoever. This is why. Mr. Bump, unfortunately, my book is finished. Otherwise, I'd write an entire chapter about you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It is a fact that in October 2016, the FBI wiretapped Carter Page, who had earlier been a short-term foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. In the Bureau's application, as Byron York writes, to a secret court for the wiretapping is public. It is heavily redacted, but is clearly focused on Page and the, quote, Russian government's attempt to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign. It's wiretapped because of his connection to the Trump campaign. Now, some critics have noted that the wiretap authorization came after Page left the campaign, as Bump does. But the surveillance order allowed authorities to intercept Page's electronic communications both going forward from the day of the order and backward, Mr. Bump. Investigators could see Page's emails and texts going back to his time in the campaign. There's simply no doubt that the FBI wiretapped a Trump campaign figure. No doubt whatsoever. It's also known that the FBI engaged at least one informant, a professor named Stephen Halper, to penetrate the Trump campaign. New York Times recently reported agents involved in the Russian investigation asked Mr. Halper, an American academic who teaches in Britain, to gather information on Mr. Page and George Papadopoulos, another Trump campaign foreign policy advisor. Halper went beyond Page and Papadopoulos, also contacting and seeking information from Trump campaign aide Sam Clovis. It's not clear whether Mr. Halper had the FBI's blessing to contact Mr. Clovis, the Times said. The Halper case is more evidence that spying did occur on the Trump campaign during the 2016 election. At least in the cases of Page and Papadopoulos, the information gathering was done by an informant engaged by the FBI. So Bump is wrong as a matter of fact. And you see, here's the problem. He is a top Washington Post correspondent. And I'll go even further. Kevin R. Brock in The Hill last week, and I read it to you in part, but I apparently have to read it again because Mr. Bump is a slow listener. Former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI. And I'm not going to have enough time to read it all until, the, until after the break. But I want you to hear what he said. So Mr. Bump doesn't even understand how this works how a counterintelligence warrant works. They're not limited to today forward. They can go back, and I assure you they did. And they can do other things with this warrant that Mr. Bump apparently is unfamiliar with. So does Mr. Bump, who's an ass. It's Mr. Bump, who's a liar. It's Mr. Bump, who's a joke. Not the president, not me. You wonder why the Washington Compost had to be bought by Bezos because it was going bankrupt? This is one of the reasons. When you hire lightweights with low IQs, this is what you get. 
I'll be right back. Conservatism with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. By the way, this site Mediate that I tell you about, that's one of the leading hate Trump, hate Fox, left-wing sites, founded and run by Dan Abrams, the ABC legal analyst. Here's the new headline by Josh Feldman. So true, Trump tweets out seven Fox News segments in one day in wake of Mueller report. Now, this site has endless Fox clips on it. It's usually loaded with Fox clips to attack Fox and their hosts. So it's a bizarre post by Josh E. Feldman. But that's the nature of being a liberal. Consistency isn't exactly a strong suit. Now, let's continue here. But first, I want to tell you something. A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, which negatively impacts our day-to-day life. But you can get the best sleep of your life on a brand new set of Bowl and Branch sheets, the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. As a matter of fact, we just got another set. I mean, literally today. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bowl and Branch. The only sheets loved by three United States presidents and their wives. All their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made with naturally derived products at the highest level of craftsmanship with attention to detail and quality through every step of the process. And every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. 30-day risk-free trial. Every purchase. Right now is the perfect time to try Bowling Branch during their Think Spring sale. Get 20% off, 20% off everything at BowlingBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com for 20% off your entire order. BowlingBranch.com. Don't forget, promo code Mark. Promo code Mark. Now, we were just explaining what a fool Philip Bump is over at the Washington Compost. And he doesn't even realize he's a fool. And why is a correspondent doing analysis? But that's what they always do. Kevin Brock last week, writing in The Hill, I don't think he's a conspiracy right-wing nut, former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI. I think he knows a little bit more than Philip Bump, by the way. By the way, did you see a photo of this guy, Rich? Looks like he was hit by a bus. Uh, let's continue. Attorney General William Barr used the S word in front of Congress, the world, last week. And organized feigning spells commenced. I believe the government spied on the Trump campaign, said Mr. Barr, in a town where semantic directives is simply not practiced among the political Pharisees and their pilot fish in the media, Mr. Bump, who seek to preserve a certain order by obfuscating true intent. His use of the word spy was as blunt as his every man face. Its stinging connotation was validated in direct proportion to the contrived outrage of opposition, excuse me, of opposition politicians and cable news mannequins flopping to the ground and clutching their knees like European soccer players. 
A few weeks ago, disgraced former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe stated he believed President Trump was an agent of the Russian government, i.e. a spy. His assertion was met with somber nodding and little, if any, pushback, Mr. Bump. He made this incredible statement without, according to Barr's summary of the Mueller report, possessing any evidence that it was true, Mr. Bump. He was, however, in the middle of a book tour and raising cash on a GoFundMe website, Mr. Bump. According to, uh, let's see, him, he was in desperate need of money since the president cut short some of his retirement benefits. His anguish can be seen as he drives around his, uh, drives around his Tony neighborhood in his luxury car. Thank you for your contributions to this destitute and victimized man. McCabe's fellow traveler in the empty collusion investigation, they cooked up and ran. Fired former FBI Director James Comey was quick to seize another opportunity to moralize to a camera the day after A.G. Barr used the S-word. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. That's all I can say. Apparently it was not all Comey could say, since he added, when I hear that kind of language used, it's concerning. Because the FBI and the Department of Justice cannot uh, conduct court-ordered electronic surveillance. And having quite a bit to say, he kept talking. I've never thought of that as spying. I hope you're listening, Mr. Bump. I'm not doing this for my health. The audience knows this already. You're the low-IQ dummy. Comey was anxious to echo the narrative advanced by those in opposition to the president. That court-ordered electronic surveillance is somehow different or less distasteful than the untidy, morally fluid concept of spying. He can seek to take shelter in the softer surveillance word. But here is what he and McCabe unleashed on an American citizen involved on the outskirts of a presidential campaign. A Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act FISA court-ordered electronic surveillance allows the FBI leeway to intercept more than telephone and computer uh, communications. It allows the clandestine microphone and camera capture the target at all times and in all places, even the most intimate of his daily life. It is more intrusive than even a Title III criminal wiretap of a drug dealer or mob boss. So in a way, Comey was right. FISA court-ordered electronic surveillance is different than spying. It is the epitome of government power over an individual's primacy. It is the nuclear option of the world of intelligence collection. And it is indeed used appropriately against foreign nationals actively spying on U.S. interests. And yes, even U.S. citizens who hold security clearances and possess national security information and demonstrate a willingness to turn over such information to another country. However, a FISA order until now has never been used by an FBI director and deputy director to intercept an individual with no clearances and no obvious access to sensitive information, but who happens to be involved in a presidential campaign. How do you explain that, Mr. Bump of the Washington Compost? And why did you skip all that in your piece? Why did you ignore all that? Or did you not know about it? Just more bluster and burp up. One would think, then, that Comey and McCabe would have made darn sure that the reasons provided to the FISA court to intercept Trump campaign advisor Carter Page would be incredibly compelling and build on a foundation of facts. And remember what Byron York wrote. It's not just information going forward. They go back, and they go back many years looking for dirt, Mr. Bump. He's sort of the Walter Durante of the collusion phony issue. 
Instead, by their own admission, they relied mostly on a Russian-influenced dossier, the source and funding of which they did not fully disclose to the court, a dossier that Comey himself described as salacious and unverified, and yet he still signed off on several renewals of the intrusive interception of Page. Incredibly, on the day he was fired, Comey maintained that he still didn't know if there was anything to the collusion investigation he initiated between the Trump campaign and Russia. The silly semantical jousting over spying versus surveillance is a distraction. The real concern among the collusionists is that A.G. Barr has launched his own review into the origins of Comey's and McCabe's investigation of the Trump campaign. Let me ask you something, Mr. Bump of the Washington Compost. When did the FBI begin investigating the Trump campaign? Do you know? Was it the week before the election? Of course not. When was it? It was well before the election. Mr. Bump doesn't put that in his analysis either. Such a review could lead to some extremely uncomfortable days for those who have favored leveraging the powerful authorities of government for the benefit of one political party over another. Mr. Producer, I want you to hold on to this to this analysis by Philip Bump, okay? I want you to hold on to the analysis. He also plays his little trick, which is what propagandists do. March 2017 was a very important period of time when I, not Philip Bump, put together what the New York Times had said, what the Washington Post had said, what the Associated Press had said, what McClatchy had said. Not me. Not me. But he lives in his little bubble, ladies and gentlemen. He lives in New York City. All of his buddies are leftists and Democrats. All of them mock you and mock the president. Just like his newsroom at the Washington Compost, they're all the same. Pretty much, there's real no diversity of thought. They missed the election, and now they intend to do damage. Mr. Bump wrote his piece, and then Mr. Bump will eat it. In addition to what I've said tonight, we're going to keep an eye on what he said. And notice he has no interest whatsoever, as a correspondent, of digging into what actually happened to the Trump campaign. He basically goes on the, the Democrat websites, comes up with their idiocy, and regurgitates it. All these facts that you chose not to put in there, Mr. Bump. Why is that? I'm not a news reporter. You're supposed to be a news reporter. And then you do analysis. This is your mindset. You have revealed yourself. And you're not the only one. Kevin Brock, former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI, he was an FBI special agent for 20 years, make that 24 years, and principal deputy director of the National Counterintelligence Center. Knows a little bit more than Mr. Bump. I wanted to point this out because it's very, very important. Mr. Bump is about propaganda. He ends... Broadly, though, Trump seems to be saying that the fact that he was investigated and no criminal charges were brought means that the investigation itself was unwarranted or illegal. He has said more than that, pal. Long before the report came out, he said it was unwarranted and illegal. And it was unwarranted and illegal. And as somebody who served as chief of staff to an attorney general, I can assure you that if the FBI was investigating the opposition campaign to... Ronald Reagan, let's say the Mondale campaign, and doing the sorts of things 
that this FBI did at the senior levels to President Trump, you'd have a very different take on this, wouldn't you, Mr. Bump, if you were honest and you're not? Since the point of an investigation is to determine whether legal violations occurred, that's not correct. Why do you lie again? The special counsel's appointment under the regulation required some legal, some criminal basis, and he had none. How the hell does this guy hold a job over there at the Washington Compost? Easy. He's one of many propagandists. Many. They're usually kept under wraps, he says, in part to avoid impugning people who might be innocent. But it's not illegal to try to determine whether someone broke the law. Yes, it is. You don't get to just try to determine if somebody broke the law. You have to have some predicate. Some predicate. This guy's a Washington Post correspondent. He doesn't know his you-know-what from a you-know-what. You, sir, are the liar and the fool and the buffoon. You are everything that you call the President of the United States, but you pretend to be a news correspondent. And that's the problem with the media today. I'll be right back. Lovin'. you folks will go on to Philip Bump, his uh, Twitter site. I assume he has one. I haven't checked. Time to make sure he listens to the second hour of the Mark Levin show. The second hour of the Mark Levin show. But folks, this is what we're going to be up against when unfreedom of the press comes out. And this is part of them trying to soften things up so they make you look like a kook or inaccurate or right wing. Not going to work here. I'm not going to put up with it. And I want to strongly encourage you to pre-order your copy of unfreedom of the press. I think you're going to be uh, very, very uh, uh, impressed with it, spend a lot of time on it, but that's not why. It's going to cover a lot of territory in a very concise way, substantive way, understandable and readable way. And I'm going to ask the publisher to send copies of the book to every major newsroom in America. Yeah, we're going to get ready, folks. We're going to duke it up. And I'm going to need you Levinites out there, just as the president needs you and others need you. We do. You're my loyal audience. I'm deeply, deeply blessed to have you. But this is the sort of stuff that's going to happen. The Philip Burps, I mean Bumps, guys like that. And I'm more than happy to deal with them directly because they're not particularly intelligent or knowledgeable. You know, I thought Republicans stood for free markets. So why are Senators Rick Scott and Josh Hawley joining Bernie Sanders in introducing socialist price control legislation for drugs? Now, we have a solution for the high cost of drugs, but I warned you that the Democrats will use this issue to impose European-style medicine as a solution. What I don't understand is why Republicans Scott and Hawley are helping the Democrats. Do you? In Europe and everywhere else that has price controls, pharmaceutical investments have dried up. The United States has remained the world leader in biopharmaceutical research precisely because we don't have price controls. If we had gone along with Europe and dictating prices, well, millions of Americans would not have access to the drugs that help them live healthier, longer, and productive lives and help them fight these horrific diseases because the drugs wouldn't exist. Imposing, imposing tr- price controls now will mean lost access 
to today's wonder drugs and lost hope for tomorrow's breakthrough treatment for all kinds of horrific diseases and illnesses. So is this what Senator Scott and Hawley want? Oh, we can't let that happen, which is why I've been speaking out. Get the facts, folks. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. You want to hear something funny? This is at twitchy.com. It's a great site, twitchy.com. CNN's Brian Stelter, he's the bald, short, dumb guy, kind of the dopey guy on CNN. CNN's Brian Stelter, along with Julie Ihoff, Karen Tumulty, and Philip Bump, the infamous Philip Bump in the Night, and many other journalists claim that if nothing else, the Mueller report proved that the reporting done by the mainstream media during the two-year investigation into collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia was on the mark. Philip Bump, the Helen Keller of journalism. So why did it take until a couple of weeks before the report's release for Democrats to play it down after hyping it for two years? Because anyone watching or reading those mainstream news sources had been bombarded with the idea that President Trump was guilty and was on the road to impeachment. We know journalists think a lot of each other, they write at Twitchy. So we guess attendees of this year's World Newsday Conference, you heard me, World Newsday Conference in Toronto will be thrilled to have the host of CNN's unreliable sources, Brian Stelter, on hand to help explain why fact-based journalism matters. Fact-based journalism? I just read you what Philip Bump in the Road had to say. And these are among the journalists who claim that the investigation was right on the mark. And you see how Mr. Bump had to lie and deceive in order to make his point, which we unraveled and undressed right here. This is the nature of the media today. They, they actually, I believe, delude themselves. Delude themselves as true believers. Pushing their agenda, pushing their ideology, pushing the case for the Democrat Party. They want Trump impeached. Philip Bump wants Trump impeached, regardless of what he says. Regardless of what he says. Maybe I'll add an addendum to this book down the road on Philip Bump and his ilk. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to. He's covered in this book, not by name, but there are others. And they're all alike, pretty much. You can't tell Philip Bump from Brian Stelter, from Jake Tapper. They're all alike. Those were two powerful hours. We got one left. I hope you'll stick with us. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, I really need like seven or eight hours to do a full show today, but that ain't happening. You know why? Because I get hungry, that's why. 
Maybe I'll have a steak tonight. Maybe I'll have Chinese food. You never know. Jerry Nadler on Meet the Depressed. Now, I don't know who's worse. The pretend host of this show, Chuck Todd, or uh, Jerry Nadler? Let's hear these geniuses go back and forth. Cut three, go. You have all of this case of obstruction presented in the Mueller report, as you just said. So there you have it. You have all this case. First of all, he's illiterate. But you have all this case of obstruction presented in the Mueller report. That's it. Tell me, Chuck, if you have all this case of obstruction in the Mueller report, then why didn't Mueller bring a sealed indictment and seek to toll it till after the president left office? Can you answer that? But you have all this case of obstruction presented in the Mueller Mueller report. Go ahead. Some might ask, why haven't you start? Why haven't you opened an impeachment inquiry? You see, Chuck, Chuck's Chuck's anxious. The hell's going on here, boys? I've been paving the trail here. Let's get it going. We need impeachment. We're going to have an election soon. Don't wait. Let's go. Before the American people are wise to us, let's go. Get this impeachment started. Besides, it might help our ratings on MSLSD and meet the depressed. Remember what I told you, and my book points it out, the Shorenstein Center. Then he uh, took a look at the first 100 days, seven major media outlets. NBC and CNN, 90% negative on Trump. The worst. And this is why, this clown, this Tom Harkin-supporting Democrat whose wife is a Democrat activist. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. You mean I'm not allowed to say that? These fools said collusion for two and a half, three years. Go ahead. Fairness, is that what you're doing right now? I don't think we're doing that. We may get to that. We so Nadler's not. a liar. He's a bald-faced liar. Oh, no, no, we're not really looking into impeachment. No, no, why would we do that? We wouldn't do that. We're looking for facts. You know, we're, we're, in, we're in a fact mode. Now, we're not looking to impeach anybody. What, what in the world? Where would you get that idea from? Go ahead. As I've said before, it is our job to go to go through all the evidence, uh, to, to, to all the information the we can get, and to, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to go the where the and to go where the evidence. Oh, two liberals yapping away. That's enough to give you a migraine. Go ahead. Sorry. How much does the politics impact this? As you know, impeachment gets politicized. So you have a legal case that you believe this happens and you should do it, but the politics dictate something else. How much is that going to influence this decision? Now, honestly, I don't even understand his question. As you know, impeachment gets politicized, all right? So you have a legal case that you believe this happens. Now, this this guy's the chief political reporter for NBC, and he runs Meet the Press. He can't even speak English. So you have a legal case that you believe this happens. I have no idea what he's talking about. And you should do it. But the politics dictates something else. How much is that going to influence this decision? Now, Nadler understands what he's saying. Because Nadler and he are both morons. Go ahead. Down the road when, 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 when we is see this what Nancy we Pelosi's have. hands? Among others, uh, she's not the only person. She's certainly the leader of the Democratic caucus. She's the Speaker of the House. Okay. It's partly her and partly a lot of other people. Do you think this is impeachable? Yeah, I do. 
I do think that this, if proven, if proven... Do you think what's impeachable? Well, the case, all the, uh, all the cases, I guess, for, for obstruction. I mean, you think that's impeachable? Well, yeah, I do. Oh, you don't say, Nadler. But see how the press is pushing the impeachment line, pushing for impeachment, pushing, 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 the way they did collusion. Pushing obstruction, pushing impeachment, no collusion. All right, move this way. Obstruction, impeachment, impeachment, obstruction. This is a reporter, you understand. This is a reporter. Go ahead. Uh, which hasn't been proven yet. Some of this, uh, if proven, some of this would be impeachable, yes. All right. Obstruction con- of justice, if proven, would be impeachable. And then you're going to go about to see if you can prove it. Now, you better go about and see if you can prove it. I'm telling you. I'm Chuck Todd. I'm Chuck Todd. And I'm insane. You better, yeah, and you're going to go around and see if you can prove it, right? Come on now, right? Go ahead. Well, we're going to see where the facts lead us. Oh, you're such a liar. Then this guy, Preet Bahara, was the U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York. He had his ass kicked out of there by Trump, and he, as a result, hates Trump. Another objective prosecutor, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what did he have to say on the constipated news network? And by the way, the ratings are still sinking. I asked you this a long time ago. Why is there a CNN? CNN's being propped up. It has no rating. Why is there a CNN? Because AT&T wants CNN? I think so. Go ahead. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the Mueller view, it seems to me, if you look at the document, is that they absolutely believe there is a potential a viable prosecution. Now, now, let's what? stop right there. Now, listen to this idiot. The Mueller team actually believes there's a potential viable prosecution. What does that mean? He didn't say there's a viable prosecutor. There's a potential viable prosecution. And the Mueller team believes this, ladies and gentlemen. Well, how do we know? Because they wrote it in a report. Why would they put it in a report if they're not going to bring charges or at least not say they would bring charges? Because it's political, because they're trying to impeach the president. They're using, they're abusing their power as prosecutors. Go ahead. Trump leaves office. I mean, he says in, in, in great particularity that although you cannot prosecute a sitting president under the OLC interpretation, we are nonetheless preserving evidence while memories are fresh and documents are available because a president, once he leaves office, can be charged with crimes committed while in office. I don't and what more... would he be charged with? Look how sick these people are. They don't give it up. They don't give it up. Go ahead. Whether or not a prosecutor will seek to do it, and whether or not um, there will be viable defenses, I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, just uh, that that's what they do. I'm just besmirching. I'm just smearing. I'm just throwing it out there. This is what I do. I throw things out there. You know, as a former uh, federal prosecutor, that's what I do. Yes. Abby Phillip is a reporter for CNN. I mean, this is embarrassing. It's really humiliating. Abby Phillip is a is a reporter for CNN, and she was on CNN today. And I want you to listen to her, another very thoughtful news person. Cut seven, go. It would require 20 Republicans in the Senate to join with Democrats to actually impeach President Trump. A pretty high bar. 
It is a very high bar. But the Senate doesn't impeach anybody. The House impeaches. The trial takes place in the Senate. The president will not be convicted, I think she's trying to say. Should there be this, this coup attempt by the Democrats in the House from San Francisco, Baltimore, Manhattan, and L.A.? As I said at the beginning of this program, you're really talking about four or five cities that have representatives that are trying to push the entire country in their direction. But let's let's play this Abby again. Cut seven. Go. It would require 20 Republicans in the Senate to join with Democrats to actually impeach President Trump. A pretty high bar. Yes. But we don't impeach in the Senate. We impeach in the House. I'm sure she has a long career over there at CNN sitting next to John Dean, who I don't believe has a law license anymore. Uh, where's Avenatti? Oh, wasn't that long ago, ladies and gentlemen. You couldn't turn on CNN without Avenatti. You couldn't turn on MSNBC without Avenatti. I mean, as I understand it, he is the potential for serving 415,000 years in prison now. But they just blow it off. Move past it. Don't look here. Don't look here. Just keep going. Don't look. No collusion. No Avenatti. Keep going. Where's Stormy Daniels? Remember Anderson Cooper's great interview with Stormy Daniels. Where's Stormy Daniels today? I have no idea. Do you? No, I don't. What about Amorosa? Where's she? Who knows? How about that Arthur Wolf? Where's she? I don't know. How about that psychiatrist going on about Trump? Where's she? I don't know. Boy, they've thrown everything at Trump, haven't they? Terry Moran at ABC's This Week. This was very interesting. Very interesting. Just a tiny bit of factual information in a weekend full of BS. Passover, Easter, and the media BS. Terry Moran of ABC on ABC's This Week. Martha Raddatz is the female voice. Cut eight, go. And Terry, you said about a month ago on this program that if Mueller did not have evidence to support that the president aided the Russian Russians, that's a reckoning for the progressives and Democrats. He has been cleared of conspiracy with the Russians. But does this report leave a clear reckoning for Democrats? Well, I think it does. Donald Trump is not going to be removed from office for this, whatever the House of Representatives does. Donald Trump's not going to be frog-marched out of the White House in handcuffs. Uh, and the 2016 election is not going to be reversed by this. And too many Democrats and progressives... But, but even with the obstruction of that. justice... Hmm? But even with the obstruction of justice that he did not make a determination, Mueller... Yes. Still a reckoning? A reckoning for Democrats, for sure, because, that, because now that hope is dead. And as a result, they, they are going to go to the public, as uh, many of the candidates already are, with an argument more than, don't you hate him too? Don't you, have, don't you want to get rid of him too? And I think that is a positive reckoning for Democrats. This has been uh, an obsession. This has been something that has consumed energy, political energy in the, in the Democratic Party and uh, in the media as well. And I think getting past that is good for the country. Oh, my goodness. This guy needs to be fired, don't you think, Rich? Oh, he's at MSNBC. Where, where is he? He's on ABC. He needs to be sent to CNN. Well, he'll never be heard of again. My Lord, did you hear what he said? It was shocking. 
I wonder if Philip Bump heard it. Did Philip Bump hear this? I don't know. It's an obsession, Philip. Two L's or one L in Philip, by the way. May I call you Phil? Phil Bump. Did you listen to your colleague, Terry Moran? Probably not, Phil Bump. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I should take a call or two, shouldn't I? I think I will. Let's go to... Who is that? Madge. Where is Madge? This stupid... Oh, Missoula, Montana. Sirius Satellite. How are you, Madge? I'm doing great. It's Mage, actually, Mark. Well, you're right. Now that I hear you, it is Mage. But anyway, it's (laughs) M-A-J, right? No. I've been a fan of yours for years. Geez, wait since I bought an autographed copy of your Liberty and Tyranny... Unfortunately, I gave it to my philosophy instructor, who never gave it back to me. But uh, you gave it to what? So to who? I gave it to my philosophy instructor. I was going to school down in Texas, and uh, I had a, he was a political philosophy instructor. So he stole the book? I, yeah, kind of stole it. I mean, basically he stole it. <laughs> Do we have any more left, Mr. Producer? Do, Liberty and Tyrannies? Yeah, don't hang up. We'll send you one after the show. Anyway, go ahead. Oh. Thank you so much. Well, anyway, I'm calling for, I want to make a comment and then a a question. The comment is, it's amazing uh, to me that, uh, you know, this all seems to me like an old magic trick. Uh, The left is using uh, distraction, diversion, and misdirection. Uh, When, you know, was Obama with the hot mic moment where he was talking about how he'd worked with the Russians, the Uranium One deal, uh, Bill Clinton uh, with Loretta Lynch uh, during the whole email scandal. It seems to me like they're just trying to keep us from looking at... um, and all the stuff that the left has done with the uh, with Russia, first of all. Well, of course, and, uh, and they will have yeah. Philip Bump and his ilk right in their corner. Right, and and then the other thing was, I, I wonder why we didn't, uh, you know, prosecute um, some of these things. I mean, it's really frustrating because I, I I love to hear you talk. Well, who would prosecute? Well, I mean, uh, it could have been. Couldn't it have been? Couldn't we have prosecuted or at least uh, investigated? Who was in we, charge of the Department of Justice? For these purposes. Well, oh, back then, you mean Loretta Lynch? Well, they wouldn't have been. No, 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 Rod Rosenstein. Oh, Rod Rosenstein, yeah. He wasn't going to prosecute anybody. Right. But what about what about during the, uh, oh, was that was that also when, um, when we were in charge of the, when the Republicans had control of the Senate before the midterms? Was that Rod Rosenstein? Republicans had control of the midterms. The Senate doesn't prosecute anybody. No, I, I didn't mean the Senate. I meant the, the House. The House before the midterm. The House Didn't doesn't the prosecute anybody either. Well, but they do the investigations. Well, they were investigating. They were well, investigating. Pretty much, what we know is thanks to the House Intelligence Committee. Okay. Well, I guess I'm a, I'm a little confused about all of that. I just it's frustrating. I'm me. here to help you, my friend. What's that? Don't hang up. We got a book for you. We'll be right uh, back to you. So don't hang up, Jay. Marion, Ohio, the great WTVN. Go. Hi, Mark. Hello. Uh, hey, Mark, before I get to the uh, the point that I called about, I just wanted to say that on uh, Friday, April 12th, while I was waiting for you to come uh, on the radio, 
uh, the IRS put out a public uh, service announcement that uh, if you needed to contact them with questions about your return, their offices closed at 5, and they would not be available until Monday at 9 a.m. Really? So they shut the government down for the whole weekend? They shut that office down for the whole weekend. There wasn't even a hotline. Very helpful. At a time when people actually probably needed to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the government, when I heard that announcement, I thought of you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's Friday night. The government, sh- wait a minute. It's almost 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The government's been shut down for a couple hours. And given the fact they have flex time and so forth, probably more than a couple hours. And I don't hear any squawking or squealing by the left. Do you? No, 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 I don't. Anyway, go right ahead, sir. <clears throat> yeah, Mark, I, I, uh, I was thinking about ways that, the Republicans uh, should fight back, especially on this whole uh, collusion and uh, uh, obstruction thing that they're bringing up. And I came right. across uh, uh, the rules for radicals. Of course. So, so Alinsky's book, Rules yes. Number 4 and 8, mm-hmm. which the Republicans should be using. Rule Tell us four, quickly. you got 40 seconds. Oh, Rule number 4 is um, force the enemy to live by its own rules. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what I mean, why uh, one of the things we should be looking at is uh, is uh, I heard uh, a reporter ask Donald Trump about two weeks ago uh, if he was an agent of the Russian government. Why are we not asking uh, is Nancy Pelosi an agent? <laughs> I of love the it. Mexican. Government? You're, you're right. Well, not just the Mexican government. How about the Russian government? Who's yeah. benefiting from what the Democrats are doing to Trump? Ironically, it's the Russians. Thanks for your call, Jay. We'll be right back. If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him. 877-381-3811. All right. X-Chair. Do you have your X-Chair yet? I really think you ought to get one. Get one for Father's Day. It's not that far away either. Does your current office chair support you? Now, if you're lucky, maybe it goes up and down. Compare that to my X chair with dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL. The X chair's DVL provides unbelievably comfortable lumbar support, and every part of the chair can be custom adjusted to fit you. They've got to figure out how to make this into a mattress. I mean, I'm more comfortable sitting in this chair than I am lying down. It's amazing. Now, this is why the X chair is equally supportive and comfortable, whether you're 5 feet 2 and 110 pounds or 6 foot 4 and 250 pounds. I can comfortably sit for hours in this chair, and I do. And now with the introduction of the X basic model, there's an X chair for every body type and budget. Take advantage of X chair's new financing option, and you'll pay as little as $30 a month. Take your comfort and productivity to the next level for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or give us a call, 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. Now, X-Chair comes with a 30-day 
No questions asked. Guarantee of complete satisfaction. No questions asked. Go to xchairlevin.com or give us a call, 1-844-4X-CHAIR. If you use the code XWHEELS, you'll receive these super cool, smooth riding wheels, too, for your new X-CHAIR. That's X-CHAIR wheels with your chair. xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or 1-844-4X-CHAIR. I'm telling you. The products and services on this show, are, this show are second to none. They're top of the line, which is why I discuss them with you. Joe Scarborough is the adult version of the banjo-playing deliverance kid on the bridge. They look very much alike, in my humble opinion, and I suspect the IQ is about the same. And I mean no offense to that kid um, who has no doubt grown up. Joe's a whole nother story. May I call you Joe, Joe? I think I will. Uh, and, of course, he has Mika Brzezinski. Brzezinski. And they talk back and forth to each other. And I guess MSNBC thinks that's uh, entertaining and compelling TV. It's not. It's monotonous, and that's why I have no viewers. Anyway, cut 11, go. She's never accountable, and well, it just continues right, to let me, let me, you know, let me set this up better. Start at the beginning again. Brzezinski's talking about Huckabee Sanders. She's never accountable. Now, of course, Brzezinski and her years and years of incoherence and hypocrisy, uh, they get paid millions for that. But Huckabee Sanders, who's a patriot doing a tough job, she's a disaster, you know. Cut 11, go. She's never accountable, and well, it's just continued lies. You know, the, uh, yeah. That's it, why we don't have Kellyanne, Kellyanne on, because it's just literally 20 minutes of nothing. This is hilarious. Of course, they have every left-wing kook liar unimaginable, including themselves. <laughs> it's true. Themselves. Go ahead. Of lies. I was watching uh, watching Rudy Giuliani on this weekend, and... First of all, I, I don't understand why anybody would have Sarah Sanders on if they know that she's going to lie, and Kellyanne Conway if they know. Now, I, I want you to listen to these jackasses. I want you to listen to their their constant anti-Trump, anti-Trump staff, their constant barrage, and keep something in mind. Like I said before, these two loved Trump. These two couldn't slobber enough. And then things went haywire, and now they can't hate enough. But they're really two relatively stupid people. I, I have to say this, even though the potential for me bumping into them at the airport is high since, since, uh, since we, we often have to go to the same airport, but I can't, I can't help it. She's got the brain of a tuna fish sandwich. And he doesn't have any brain at all. He's all jello. By the way, did you know, Mr. Producer, that jello and marshmallows are made in part from the heels of lambs or something? Did you hear this? It just ruined everything. I'm thinking, you know, I, I want some of these Kellogg, Kellogg's, uh, what are Rice Krispies treats? Then our friend uh, Haley says, well, you know that they come from the heels of a, of a lamb or something. I said, excuse me? Yes. I said, why'd you have to ruin everything? Because she's a vegetarian, you see. 
Well, why, what do you have to ruin everything for? I don't sit there and want to watch a cow get slaughtered, but I like meat. Anyway, go ahead. You're going to lie. And again, this isn't, this isn't opinion. This isn't subjective. It is objective. You can stack their words up against, uh, against words they've used in the past, and they, they just lie, and they do it openly, and you can get as if they would like to get angry about that. We'd be glad to run clips all day tomorrow. Why don't we run clips of you, you big dumb fool? We can do that all day here. In fact, we do it a lot, don't we, Mr. Producer? Probably too much. Why do we run clips when he loved Trump and then run them against when he hates Trump? Why don't we run clips of him on radio saying, we'll be back, we're going to, you know, redo our show, get it all prepared, and we'll be back on radio. That was face-saving. They never came back. Nobody ever listened to them. Then they found this gig on MSLSD. Well, if you have 12 viewers with a collective IQ of about negative seven. That's considered a hit on MSLSD. Go ahead. But the same thing with Rudy Giuliani. I was watching some hosts interview Rudy Giuliani and he was saying things that just were objectively, objectifiably false. Objectifiably false. Objectifiably false. Not objectively false. Objectifiably false. Go ahead. You've got to let this guy on, despite the fact he's going to lie. Why don't you interrupt him and call See, him? See, everybody lies who doesn't agree with them. This, these are the minds of tyrants, small as their minds are. These are the minds of tyrants. Who've eaten too many marshmallows, I think. Go ahead. On every lie as they're moving forward. I don't understand. I don't. That's not even handy. Ah, shot. shut up, you idiot. Of course you don't understand. Not even-handed journalism? Do you sit there and spew your vial every day? I don't understand, Mika. I don't know, Joe. Joe and Mika. It's like a, a lounge act. Joe and Mika. Except a bad lounge act. Uh, let's take a call, shall we? Let's go to Chuck, Boise, Idaho, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Chuck? Fine, Mark. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank I you, had sir. the pleasure of serving in DOJ under uh, President Reagan and yourself and Joe DeGeneva in the Washington office. Thank you. Did we ever meet? No, we didn't. But no. uh, I was just thinking today, and something made me go back and reread the Arthur Anderson opinion. The Arthur and Anderson the- opinion uh, in which Weissman... Uh, was yes. the key prosecutor in that case, and he was reversed 9-0 to zero by the Supreme Court. Yes, and his theory in going forward against the Anderson firm is exactly the same one that he is trying to push against the president now in what we should start calling the Weissman dossier, that being Volume 2 of the Mueller report. Tell us about this. Uh, what the was his theory? Ins- the jury instructions in the uh, Anderson case were defective, the Supreme Court held, because they did not require an element of corrupt intent in Weissman's drafted obstruction charges. It's the same theory he's trying to push today. It's amazing, and uh, you checked that out. Why didn't Philip Bump of the Washington Post pick up on this? I don't think they were interested in picking up on that. But uh, if you could find a more compelling precedent than a nine-to-nothing Supreme Court opinion, I don't know what it is. It's hard to get those folks to agree on the time of day. And in that mm-hmm. case, as you are aware, 
you had Lindquist, Scalia, and Thomas agreeing with Ginsburg, Breyer, and Souter. So mm-hmm. there should not be a more closed legal theory in it, an issue in the history of this nation, and yet that's what the left is still writing. Incredible. All right, my friend, thank you for your insight. That's very good, and thank you for your service, too. Much appreciated. Got a lot of smart listeners out there. We do. We have the smartest listeners in the listening world. Did you know this? It's true. Uh, Let's see. Judith, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Listen, you cracked me up. I'm sorry. When you said Philip Bump, he's the Helen Keller of journalism, I said, oh, my God, I wrote that down. It was fabulous. Oh, thank you. There's many of them, I'm afraid. You are so brilliant. Exactly. That's my point. That's where I'm at my leadoff. But I have to tell you, there's no collusion. It's just delusion. I have to tell you something. This whole thing, from beginning to now, is diabolical. There's no other way to say it. For them to sit there and frame Donald Trump and set him up from the beginning and to put this whole bunch of hoax stuff. First of all, Mueller, he's definitely a Helen Keller. I mean, where where has he been, you know, with his investigation? You'd think that he would uncover the truth, right? He's one Helen Keller. But I have a new Helen Keller, Mitt Romney. What in the world? Are you going to tell me he does not know the truth? I, I regret having voted for that clown. And I think there's millions of us who feel that way. It's not like we had a choice with Obama, but I, but I really regret it. There's something that is missing, like a conscience, like a spine. Uh, there's the, he, he, um, he's quite the chameleon. He's turned out, I, and I think yep. he would have been a very lousy president, to be honest. Uh, with. Yeah, would you believe it? And guess what? I would never believe that Donald Trump, with all the things that are going on, he's an absolute fantastic fantastic president let me ask you did you did you hear about a april ryan and what she said about uh sarah huckabee lobbing off her head oh yes i mean these people are they're diabolical and and she'll continue to be on i guess it's cnn right yes yeah they are diabolical but uh, i'm waiting for philip bump to write about that (laughs) that's your new book i can't wait to get your book thank you thank you well hold on Hold on, we'll get you one uh, when it comes out. Don't hang up. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, President and his lawyers have sued to block congressional subpoena of his financial records against Elijah Cummings. I believe he's going to win because, and I've argued this, there's really two aspects of this that need to be covered. Separation of powers and the role of the Congress when it comes to a citizen. Separation of powers because Congress can't try and bring down a president by demanding his financial records. There'd be no end to this. they got to have more than that. And their purpose for oversight isn't to investigate for investigation's sake. It's not for opposition research. You can see where that would never end. There has to be a legislative purpose. There is no legislative purpose here. That's number one on the separation of powers issue. And number two, as a citizen, you can see how Congress would abuse this power. If it doesn't like somebody or if they're concerned about somebody, then you can start having chairman or even lobbyists, and even nonprofit groups, and even 
left-wing groups and so forth, urging chairman to get the tax returns of a citizen. And you can see where this could happen to justices of the Supreme Court or even lower court judges. Congress says, okay, we just want to make sure the IRS is functioning and there's no conflict of interest. Uh, That's not good enough. I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is quite wealthy. So maybe the Republicans in the Senate should say, you know, we we just want to see your tax returns just to make sure everything is hunky-dory. Think they'd buy that? I want you to take a quick look at some outstanding free classes you can register to take at levinforhillsdale.com. Only a few weeks remain to register to take these free online courses from Hillsdale. If you've ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work or how to explain the differences between capitalism and socialism, you can learn these things for free, taught by the best professors. Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, offers you free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes, the core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's popular courses for free, and then start learning whenever you like. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, before they pull this co- these courses, and they will at some point. And you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, I want to strongly encourage you to go ahead and get it. They're free. Go ahead and sign up. You can watch them anytime you want. levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. How much... How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Quickly, how much time do I have? Okay, thank you. USA Today. Does anybody know who Richard Cole is? Does anybody know who Richard Cole was? I suspect nobody. And that's a damn shame. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Richard Cole was 97 years old. Didn't stop him from taking the controls and flying a vintage B-25 bomber at a reunion of the famous World War II Doolittle Raiders. Well, he died a few days ago at the age of 103. The Doolittle Raiders. He was one of 80 men sent to target factory areas and military installations in Japan on April 18, 1942. And the daring raid stunned Japan and is credited with boosting U.S. morale and helping turn the tide of the war in the Pacific. They only had enough fuel to get there. They didn't have enough fuel to get back. Of the 80 men who flew from the USS Hornet deck, three died in the raid, and four who were captured by the Japanese were executed or starved to death. Two others who survived the raid were later killed while flying the China-Burma-India route over the Himalayas, known as the Hump. After the raid, Cole went to India, helped establish the dangerous Hump flying route, and flew more than 100 missions carrying cargo, earning three distinguished flying crosses. The Doolittle Raiders received the Congressional Gold Medal in 2015 and donated it to the National Museum of the U.S. Air Force in Ohio. Cole, who often attended Raider-related events and air shows, told the AP last year, that since he was older than many of the other Raiders, he didn't expect to be the last. I figured that Mother Nature and the good man upstairs would pick the time, and I wouldn't have any control over it. He'll be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Arlington National Cemetery. He's, uh, these are quite great men. These were great men. 
I was watching a program on the History Channel over the weekend, and my wife did too from time to time, watching these men in the B-17s 10 months before D-Day, four months before D-Day, trying to knock out a big chunk of the Luftwaffe. The Nazis had their uh, fighter jets, uh, fighter planes, rather, Messerschmitts. We didn't have anything like it. And these bombers, they were shot out of the sky. We lost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pilots, bombardiers and others on these planes, these courageous, brave men. Because they knew, that is, the generals knew that they were planning for D-Day and they couldn't have the Luftwaffe in full force blowing over 300 of our naval ships out of the water when we were trying to land a D-Day. And then we came up with the Mustang, which was a better jet, excuse me, better plane, I should say, than the Messerschmitt. More on that another day. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute all our heroes out there and thank them, whether in law enforcement or the military, firefighters or emergency personnel. See you tomorrow, and God bless you.